All right, we're back for another episode. <coughs> Sorry about that. So I'll get us started off with a little bit of uh, history. And these are a little bit out in left field this time, but they'll be fine. So first off, on this day in history in the year 1906, the world's first animated cartoon is released, and it's called The Humorous Phases of Funny Faces, and it's by J. Stuart Blackton. And I don't think I've seen it, but I can only imagine like how terrifying cartoons would have looked like back then. So, right, especially if it was just like faces. Right. Yeah, that's that sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, and this is kind of weird, but it fits because we're in baseball season. Um, in 1987, this year, Dodgers GM Al Campanis tells Nightline that he doesn't believe that blacks would make. Um, good he doesn't think that he, he said that blacks may not be equipped to be in baseball management management is how he put it and i picked this one because we're in baseball season now and two this is still something that's talked about right i have teams full of um you know black players whether they're from you know the islands or they're from here in the states and you know i think we have maybe two or three like just a handful of black managers in baseball so yeah, definitely. Seems to be an ongoing discussion, if you want to call it that. Right, um, right. Yeah, yeah, definitely a disparity there. And it's across all sports, but that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon likes film. Lauren prefers TV. Together, they chronicle life in a peak entertainment era. Welcome to It's a Streamable Life. All right, if you're listening to this, then that means you press play on another edition of It's a Streamable Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. Today's episode will review the winners of this weekend's Screen Actors Guild Awards. And for real this time, we will discuss the mid-season finale of Generation. Right, right. So first, let's get into our news segment. Um, I think everyone was taken aback this weekend as we got the news that um, rapper and actor DMX was in critical condition after suffering a heart attack yeah. um, as a result of an overdose. So unfortunately, he probably relapsed. Um, we all are familiar with you know, his, his work but um, unfortunately, most importantly, we're familiar with his struggles with uh, substance misuse. Right. So um, as of late, the family has just said he's in a very precarious state and they're just ask, continue, continuing to ask for prayers. Right. Um, right. So yeah, it's just a heartbreaking situation because it seemed like he had finally reached a, a place of peace in recent yeah. years. So uh, prayers go out to him and his family. Next up, CBS is greenlighting CSI once again. Um, <laughs> nearly 21 years after the first season, the first series premiered CSI in yeah. 2005, which is, I can't believe it's been that long ago. Um, yeah. CBS is returning to its Tommy's ground in CSI Vegas. So, um, they're returning back to Las Vegas for this new series, and two of the original uh, actors, William Peterson and Georgia Fox, will reprise their CSI roles. 
for this new series. Um, they wanted wanted to debut last year to coincide with the 20th anniversary, but COVID, you know. Yeah, it did what it does. So yeah, so that will be coming sometime, I think, later this year. Okay. Um, and lastly, HBO is about to celebrate 10 years of Game of Thrones this month. Uh, the pivotal 50-something Emmy Award-winning series debuted April 17th. 10 years ago so all this month hbo and hbo max will be having like a sort of a celebratory um campaign where uh if you log into hbo max or go to the various hbo networks available they'll have certain um episodes queued up there'll be like they call the game of throne a thons where hmm. be a marathon of like the seasons you can watch um even for those that have never watched before, they'll have like certain episodes just to give you a certain taste of the series. And I think they'll have other stuff go on. But um, yeah, it's it's hard to believe it's been 10 years since the debut of that. And I didn't get into yeah. it until the final season. So. <laughs> right, right. All right. Okay, um, well, the things I have here. Uh, first, a lawsuit against uh, director Guillermo del Toro and his movie, The Shape of Water, that um, the lawsuit was claiming that he stole the work from another person, um, an author named Paul Zindel, has finally been dismissed after three years. It, I think this was brought up in 2018, and um, it was originally, like, I think it was originally brought up by um, the author's family, saying, like, they saw the movie, they read it and everything, and that there was clearly uh some plagiarizing from um his work but it's been dismissed and pushed aside wow. so yeah pretty interesting there um secondly uh thandy newton was speaking to british vogue and she said she is going to take back her name and what she means by what she meant by that was was the spelling now i don't know how to if the pronunciation is different but the spelling that we know thandy newton as now is T-H-A-N-D-I-E and it's spelled T-H-A-N-D-I-W-E is how it's spelled now and um, she just kind of uh, spoke about you know how as she grew up that W in her name just kind of moved away and you know just kind of separated from her and her, her roots her parents are Zimbabwean and um, she said she's finally bringing it back and kind of embracing her culture. And so that's, uh, she's, she's going by that spelling of her name now, so. Yeah, so like, good for her. Yeah. And so, I, think like, I, I think I saw how to pronounce it, but I forget. Yeah, so I'll have to hear her say it because I don't want right, to right. <laughs> slander it. Right. Um, and then lastly for me, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong, the movie that hit both theaters and um, HBO Max this weekend, which I watched and do not recommend. Oh. Uh, <laughs> did it did really well in the box office? The best so far this summer was forty eight point five million in its first five days in theaters. So it's a record for um, the pandemic era, and uh, kind of just a, a glimmer of hope of what you know is maybe on the horizon for us. So we'll see. But right, yeah. right. That movie was too much. 
Yeah, it, it wasn't my cup of tea. I know, I mean, there are a lot of fans that are into that, so right. they follow it closely, but I've never been a fan of, like, the Monster Mash type. And that's the thing. I absolutely love Godzilla. Like, the 1999 Godzilla with all the marketing at Taco Bell and everything. I was, oh, yeah. Uh, that's the only one I remember seeing. Right, yeah. I love Godzilla, but um, and what was strange about this movie, and we'll move on, this had, like, a a strangely strong cast of actors like this wasn't just thrown together (laughs) yeah and i listened to a podcast that sort of touched on that in the previous films they felt it was too character driven well the one previous it was like too character driven and not focused on godzilla in the right right i guess prequel or whatever you want to call it so yeah they definitely do put high dollar actors in these when usually it's sort of just Whoever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, lastly, for our headlines, we'll close out with an RIP to Paul Ritter. Um, yeah. He was a British actor, only 54. He succumbed to a brain tumor. Yeah. Um, you may recognize him from the Harry Potter series, as well as um, he had a starring role in the limited series Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. Um, so RIP to him. That's that's unfortunate. The amount of actors we've lost within the last year or so is very yeah, it's it's a lot. And and yeah. they're not old, you know. Right, right. It's just really unfortunate, but yeah. All right, we'll move on. To the next segment is our trailer things. Uh, quite a few trailers have dropped just within a few days. Um, first up is the Zola trailer. Oh God. Um, if you remember back in. I think it was 2016 or 17. Yeah. A woman had sort of created the Twitter thread story with this misguided adventure that a stripper friend of hers took her on and and involved the cops and the pimp and the destruction of their friendship and whatnot. And we heard a while while later that that story was becoming a feature film. And we finally got the trailer the movie stars uh, Taylor Page. I'm not sure what the white girl's name is. Uh, Riley Kehoe. That's that's Elvis's granddaughter. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> she looks okay. like her mother. If you look at her, she looks like her mother. I can see it now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Riley Kehoe and Zola. Uh, uh, Riley Kehoe and Taylor Page star in the film. Um, also, Coleman Domingo is in it, and. Mm. The dude from Succession. The big, tall, white guy. Yeah, I can't think yeah. of his name either. Like, he had me dying. He's like, we're getting shmoney. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> this, this looks like people, I've seen nothing but good things about it on Twitter. Yeah. Kind of like the first film of the social media age to sort of like capture the, the essence of whatever we're living in right now. So right. I'm, I'm excited because it's been a long time coming. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I'm excited too. Yeah. Stick on the movie uh, venture here. We also received Space Jam 2, a new legacy trailer with LeBron and Don Cheadle. Yeah. I'm not too excited about this. Nah, this, this didn't need to happen. It really didn't. And we know like the ultimate goal of sequels is just to make more money on the franchise right. and whatnot, which they're doing. For a new generation, that's fine. But it, the premise, all the CGI, it just feels a little too 
much. Yeah. But what's strange, I mean, LeBron James is the biggest basketball player right now. But um, I guess, oh, damn, this is bad. Michael Jordan seemed mythical. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we didn't see Michael Jordan do anything besides play basketball. He was in commercials, but we see LeBron everywhere. He has a school. He's on TV all the time. He's at the protest. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. just different. Yeah, it doesn't feel as fresh. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. So um, that comes out, I think it's later this summer, both yeah. in theaters and HBO Max. Um, some for the kids to enjoy, I guess. Then the last film trailer I just saw today, um, I have heard about this film a while back and never knew what happened to it. Mm-hmm. But um, it's an adaptation of Walter uh, Dean Mosley's Monster. Um, yeah. A book written back in the 90s. I can remember seeing this book all the time, but never read it. Yeah, um, okay, it's, right. it stars Kev, Kelvin Harrison Jr., uh, Jeffrey Wright, Jennifer Hudson, Nas is in there, uh, ASAP Rocky's in there as well. Um, basically, this, this film's about a young man, a uh, black teenager who's like a star pupil. Um, into art and stuff, but within his neighborhood, it's sort of like viewed as like a nerd, an outsider, and yeah. it tracks how he goes from being this sort of praised uh, student to uh, being charged with murder and facing life in prison. Um, I, I'm just expecting good things because Kelvin acts down. Jeffrey yeah. Wright's a wonderful actor. Jennifer's good in her own right. Um, I'm interested to see where where how this goes. Yeah. And you're absolutely right about seeing that book everywhere. I can remember just passing it like in a library at school mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, so maybe I'll get a hold of it before this comes out. Yeah. I think it was a drop later this month. Oh. Okay. On Netflix, I think. Oh. If I'm not mistaken, because Netflix, they promise like new movies every week. That's where all the money they're charging us goes to. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then on the TV side, we got the first, well, a second look at Disney Plus's Loki. Um, okay. This trailer was amazing, sort of giving us more details of how the story's going to go. So, if you watch Avengers um, Endgame, 2012 Loki yeah. stole the Tesseract and vanished and allegedly him doing that disrupted the timelines so he's been recruited by the tva some uh like timeline guardians to sort of fix it as punishment so um the series stars of course tom hiddleston owen wilson uh mugu gathara yeah yeah i can never say her name but i know who Uh, you're talking about yeah um and then i can say if i see it the actress from wunmi masuku the actress Mm -hmm. from lovecraft country oh okay she's in as well um it looks crazy they're jumping from timeline to timeline solving things and of course loki has his own agenda so it might be the most adventurous series yet other than wandavision Hmm. that they're giving us Okay. Finally, we got the final trailer for, um, oh, the first trailer for the final season of Pose, 
yes. season three, which comes May 2nd. It looks amazing. It's so bittersweet because I have a feeling COVID sort of led to this final season. Um, yeah. Just because logistic wise and also um, it's been an amazing journey, this groundbreaking series featuring, you know, uh, trans women uh, as, you know, featured characters, main characters right, in the right. period piece, um, and trans women of color, especially. Right. So I'm, I'm, I know it's going to be a, a tough watch. It's going to be sad, um, yeah. but I'm excited to see where, how they finish the story. Yeah, same. I- I, th- I was late to pose. I think I, I think I started pose in between the first and the second season, mm-hmm. and was just hooked. And I haven't missed an episode since. But yeah, this is it's going to be bittersweet. But you know, we'll see how it ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, that's our trailer things. We're now getting to streams of the week. So what did you watch last week that's worthy of mentioning? Okay. Um, I guess I'll rank these and I'll start with the least to the best. Um, so that would be so far. Well, anyways, Heaven's Gate, the cult of cults on HBO Max is about uh, Heaven's Gate, the cult, the people that eventually killed themselves were wearing Nikes and wearing sweatsuits. And Cults are strange in themselves. They're very weird. Mm-hmm. But th- this cult is so weird because the two leaders were telling people that they were aliens sent to gather more people. They were, uh, you know, they had similar names. Like they went by like Doe and T and Ray and me. It's, 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 it's so weird. But I think what's interesting is when you get into the, the lives of these people, and the, the guy that you constantly saw when you looked at Heaven's Gate, one thing we learned about him is that he was from the deep south. If I'm not mistaken, his dad was a pastor and he was gay. Oh, and so, wow. Right, right. And so it's kind of like, oh, you know, well, what did that do to him? And he was, before he decided to start a cult, he was like a, a music teacher at the University of Alabama and he was really well respected and stuff. And it just seemed like shit hit the fan and yeah, it, it's strange, but it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, you can watch it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, secondly, um, there's a show on Netflix called Mon- Madam Claude. It's actually a movie. I thought it was a show when I first saw the previews. And this is about a French woman who runs a brothel in uh, like the fifties and sixties. And she gets caught up with, having to deal with diplomats and mobsters and uh, the government itself and everything. And I thought this was fictional, but this woman was real. Like I, I, re- I looked her up and there was like okay. a 10,000 word um, kind of like profile about her on Vanity Fair from 2015, I think, cause she died then. But uh, it, it's, it's interesting, but it doesn't, it's trying to be too showy and while it was good it was just like I'd, i would have had much more of the 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 um just the story of her life right than her life as this madam it wasn't 
it could have been better. And then lastly, uh, the best thing I watched this week was Gangs of London. And this is a new show on AMC. And if you have AMC Plus, you can stream it all the way through. And this is just what it sounds like. It's about gangs in London. Um, a guy who's over a gang gets killed and it kind of creates a war between the different sets of gangs in the city of London. And um, it's got a pretty good cast. Joe Cole, who was in um, Peaky Blinders. Uh, oh God, I think she was in Games of Thrones. Yeah, Michelle Fairley. Mm. I don't remember which character she played in Game of Thrones, but I know she was in it. If I see her face, I probably... Yeah. But keep going. Yeah. Um, it's just some other characters. But but yeah, there's just a war getting ready to brew. And I figured this show was going to be like more talking. But the first episode was maybe an hour and a half. And the second half of it was just, it was like you're watching an action film. This is absolutely nuts. And so... Oh, wow. Yeah, it's one of those movies. It's one of those shows you get a lot of characters. And I imagine... As it goes on, we're getting a lot more about their backgrounds, but it's it's definitely worth the watch. I think you would like it. It it's it's fast moving, so you're never just kind of listening to them talk. Something's always happening. Okay. Yeah. I've been wanting to see it since it debuted overseas, but yeah, yeah. I'm waiting how to see it. Yeah, Michelle Fairley played uh uh Caitlin Stark, the mother of the Starks and uh, Games of Thrones. Okay. All right. On this side, I didn't watch as much as I thought I was. That always happens. I don't know yeah. how. Just it happens. But um, I did start binging The Nanny, which is now on HBO Max as of April first. Yes. Just watching them right in order. Um, it still holds up. It's still hilarious. Like. That show is so 90s. Fran Drescher yeah. is forever embedded in our minds as Fran Fine. Um, yeah. Like, it's that, just that voice. That voice, yeah. <laughs> For a long time, I thought that was her voice until, like, later, of course. But Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't know if she ever won an Emmy for that role or not, or the show did, but it definitely deserved. It, it's yeah. peak 90s sitcom. There, there's so many good characters. There's Giles and then um uh what's her name? Oh Cece. I yeah. oh, miss Cece's hilarious. Their their back and forth banter was always right, right. Always fun. And then I caught the premiere episode of Law and Order Organized Crime. Okay. Um this is a new series starring Christopher Maloney as his SVU character, uh Elliot Stabler. Hmm. And spoiler, spoiler alert, um, this, the series was kicked off as a crossover event with SVU. Um, what happens is Elliot and his family are in town. They're going to surprise Olivia at a ceremony where she was getting some type of award. Yeah. Um, and Elliot's wife, uh, her car explodes. It was like a bomb in the car, and unfortunately, she dies. And it turns out that the bomb was meant for Elliot, um, and he's been working against uh, organized crime since leaving um, 
SVU back in 2011. <laughs> That's the story. So they've been around the world in Rome all this time. He's been doing this on a low. Kids didn't know. So now he's joining a new task force to uh, go after one of the biggest mob boss bosses in the city, which is played by uh, Dylan McDermott. Wow. And of course, he has like the whole uh, philanthropic front um, to sort of hide his nefarious business. So um, instead of the series being like case of the week type thing, yeah, uh, Dylan's character is sort of like the big boss and him and Chris's team will go back and forth. I think there'll be other cases, but they'll all be in the mob mob's orbit. So it has me excited for like a different approach right. to Law and Order. I wonder what type of numbers was pulled in, that show pulled in. Um, it, it was some of the best ratings for SVU in about five years, I think it said. Wow, well, I can imagine that. Yeah, because people love Stabler and uh, Olivia. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So that, that pairing back, and they're back to back on Thursday evening. So we'll probably see other crossovers again, of course. Okay. So yeah, that was the best thing I streamed last week. Well, now I'm maneuver mm-hmm. to our no concessions where you'll recommend a film for us to check out. Yes, I will. And I know that I have talked about this film before on here, um, but it's one of my favorite films. I, I definitely put it top three and it's Big Fish. And um, this is, oh, I believe this is Tim Burton. Hold on a second, let me. Yeah, saying. it's Tim Burton. Yeah. It's Tim Burton. Um, but it stars Ewan McGregor, uh, Albert Feeney, and Jessica Lange. And um, it's kind of like a fantasy type movie, but this guy, the, Albert Feeney's character is, is dying. And um, as he's dying, he's telling the people all around him all these kind of like stories. He's telling the story of his, of his life and nobody, his son specifically doesn't believe him. He just doesn't believe that they're real, they're too far-fetched. They're just out there, but um, as time goes on, his son starts to see like, oh wow, you know maybe my father wasn't lying and blah blah blah, and it has like this big fantasy element and just it's really touching and sad and I've always liked it since I was a uh, younger since the first time I saw it. But like if people ever ask me like what movie to watch, I'm like <laughs> go watch Big Fish, just go, it's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that and. Um, it's on HBO Max right now, I believe. So that's where you can check it out. All righty. Yeah. Right now, we'll take a quick break, but we'll return with our NLT and tonight's feature presentation. <laughs> Welcome back to It's the Streamable Life. And we will get into our NLT with the actual mid-season finale of Generation. Some reason right. I thought last week was, and I'm glad it wasn't, because yeah, that would have been a weird end. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know what to expect with the title "The Last Shall Be First. Um, my sister had watched it before me and told me that she sobbed, so I was expecting some sort of hmm. terrible mid-season finale. Right. <laughs> But instead, we got this sort of beautiful um, just write-off of these characters um, that really spoke about their uh, 
their deeper familial connections. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, at the beginning of this of the season, they they were more like friends of friends and associates, but um, throughout however long this is, maybe like three months or so. Yeah. They've grown to become like this sort of blended family to support each other. Um, as we all know, they have different, you know, complex situations at home. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of uh, episode eight? I really liked it. Like you said, it was kind of a beautiful episode that kind of uh, summed things up and gave us more answers about uh, the characters we were watching. And I think one thing, and we always come back to, we keep saying it, and for some of the reviews and stuff that I've read, they said it's the bad part, but this show seems, these these are teenagers, you know what I mean? They don't know everything. They think mm-hmm. they do, but they clearly don't. They're trying to come up with solutions to it. They, It just seems so much more realistic, even the way they talk. And um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and the whole night scene, and it, that seems far-fetched, but I could see teenagers doing that generally like we got to put this baby somewhere like i'll help you like yeah and, yeah. and i mean that, that happens in real life like right exactly and i may not be like a truck full of kids but right right you know people really do drop their their babies off at these stations and whatnot because right. they know they aren't prepared for that stage in their life at that moment in time exactly um and i just loved i loved how it seems each relationship sort of found a way to recoup itself. Um, yeah. You ha- excuse me, you had Nathan and Naomi um, sort of burying the hatchet to sort of make peace by hating their mom together. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, they're at the end. Yeah, um, you had Chester who suffered a mighty blow, but necessary blow right from sam um and sort of to see like the the school sort of um cheer him on like that yeah rally around because they knew something was wrong like he's at school and like apollo and and jeans yeah Yeah, normal clothes and normally in any other teen drama you know that character would have doused some pills or right not even gone to school like no one would care and then they just be written out but right um that's the difference like the progress we've made just like the the school sort of like showing that support and him like accepting it that was that was beautiful i think um what else i was really touched by the way ariana sort of encouraged delilah before they um yeah made the final decision just like her experience as an adopted child um just the writing the show is so good whoever writes for naomi is great yeah she's funny she's hilarious i love uh the line the monologue with delilah was really good um the camaraderie just of them all sort of welcoming this new life um each of them leaving something with the child before yeah before the departure it was all just really great i really enjoyed it yeah i I didn't know really what to expect coming into the show but i was definitely pleasantly surprised this uh with the episodes we've seen so it's been good yeah the only thing i can compare it to the energy like 
it's a totally different show, but industry sort of had that same sort of, I don't know what to expect. Mm. And then it was just sort of like, oh, okay. <laughs> Something totally f- left, but um, still enjoyable. So I think the rest of the season may come later this summer, hopefully. Okay. I'm not sure how many episodes, if that was eight episodes with the mid-season finale. All right. Because then, who knows, we may have to wait because when it, I'm sure, who knows when Euphoria comes back. Right. If that's supposed to come back this summer, they'll definitely wait. Yeah. I don't think they want both those shows on at the same time. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I'll definitely, I might even rewatch the entire series just to see it yeah. all through. Yeah, but it was definitely good. And, oh, I forgot to bring this up. I still haven't gotten exactly Delilah's story yet. Neither have I, I guess. It just seems like she's a goody, not a goody two-shoes, but like an overachiever. She's really trying hard, but mm-hmm. she's the only one whose parents we haven't met, right? Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know if she's like, I mean, I don't think she's alone in the home because obviously she was like tiptoeing and stuff like that. Right. But we haven't met, you know, family at all. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how, how that all fits together. Yeah. All right, next up is our feature presentation where we dis- will discuss uh, the Screen Actor Guilds Awards that occurred this Sunday um, and how it affects the Oscar uh, outlook. Um, did you get to tune in at all? Yeah, I caught a little bit of it. It, was, it wasn't that it was, it was late for an award show. I'll say that, but then it turned out to just be like an hour. So I caught a, a good bit of it. Yeah, I was I was watching the verses and then had this on my laptop. I was like, oh, it's only an hour? That kind of thing. Right. I wasn't expecting that. Um, basically, it was like a repeat of what we've seen all year, at least on the TV side. Right. Um, Queen's Gambit in the limited series area. Uh, Ted Lasso for Jason Sudeikis, Shit's Creek um, for Captain O'Hara. So sort of those sort of things, The Crown, um, nothing new there. On the movie side, we did see for the first time, I believe in SAC history, uh, each actor category going to a actor of color. So yeah, that's big. You had, um, oh, where'd it go? I just had, so best male actor in supporting role went to Daniel Kaluuya for Jesus and the Black Messiah. Female actor went to Yong Jung Yoon for Minari. Uh, actor went to, of course, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and actress went to Viola Davis for the same film. Now, the only issue I had, of course, was the winner for best ensemble. Now, you mean to tell me that five of the nominees are all films featuring people of color and the trial of Chicago seven was right. one. <laughs> one. Like, I don't comprehend. Yeah. I, I, I guess I have to watch it. You know, I'll give it a shot and see. Yeah. But I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's as good as what they're saying. It's definitely not because 
for one, we know Aaron Sorkin's MO, like yeah. the white liberal. That's what it is, like white liberalism in action. Right, right. And it's 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 the politics that Hollywood likes to um, uplift, you know, all white cast out here fighting against the wrongs of democracy, you know, not black people fighting against the actual institution or, you know what I'm saying? It's just right, a perfect, right. tidy little political film that they'll, that they, they'll accept. And right. I'm just, I don't get it. No, I, no, there, there, there are better films and I even have, I haven't even seen this, but I know it can't compare to what it was nominated alongside so right i mean the five bloods for one was an amazing film yeah uh, minari is beautiful and i'm tired of this one night in miami sort of being dismissed like yeah every single one of these movies is better than trial of chicago seven it's just <laughs> like it's they're new they spark something different trial of chicago seven is no different from any other of those sort of feel good politic movies we've seen them all our lives so i don't know maybe the oscars will will give us something different yeah all i know is that if that wins there's going to be an uproar oh definitely definitely and it could be um back to the acting categories um if this is a predictor for the oscars the oscars could for the first time have all people of color winning best and supporting actor and actress as well so wow that's what i'm hoping for because i mean daniel whatever he's nominated in he wins so he's won he's won sporting role all year viola sort of surprised everyone everyone thought it would be at least carrie mulligan yeah if not francis and i mean viola deserves she deserved for some other roles but yeah of course which man the oh god why can't think of the name the movie with david kalua oh judas black messiah yeah thank you it that was so good it it was powerful but his performance was just Mm -hmm. it was off the charts the i don't i'm not i'm not sure he'll ever top that you know i don't want to jinx him or anything or curse him but right he was he was so believable (laughs) yeah He's, he's an amazing actor. And I'm really interested to see how this goes. Because, of course, the Oscar nominations are, are um, have a lot more nominee, nominees in general. Like here was only like six. Right. But the Oscars have, I think it's 10 for Best Picture. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's pretty long. Oh, eight. It's just eight this year, but they can have up to ten usually. Um, so yeah. Um, I don't know if No Madeline will get it after being sort of like the season's darling. If Chicago Seven really upsets it, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah, no, that would that would be that'd be a huge upset. Yeah. So I think the only other sort of industry awards uh show left is the independent spirit film awards yeah i said that wrong 
And those are kind of just laid back kind of. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to see when those come on. I think they stream. I don't know if they're on TV. Yeah. Um, it's Thursday, April 22nd at 10 p.m. Why so mm. late? <laughs> and where can you watch? It's always weird. Like the times that I've seen it, it almost looks like they're doing it like inside of a big tent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see here. So there are announced nominees, which I, I had not no idea, but they uh debut Thursday, April 22nd at 10 p.m. But where? Why? <laughs> He doesn't say how you can watch them. Yeah. Hopefully we'll find that out soon. Cause I, I'd love to tune in. I think I tuned in online last time. Yeah, I think I did too. Oh, it says broadcast broadcast exclusively on IFC and AMC Plus. Okay. I think we I, have IFC. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I do. No, I know I do. Yeah, I have IFC. Okay. So that should work. Yeah. I'll just have to take a little nap. For 10 p.m. It's a two-hour ceremony because they say it'll be over around midnight. Uh, so just a quick, they do a lot of different categories here since the indie um, awards. So like best feature here, um, nominees are First Cow, Marines Black Bottom, Minari, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, and Nomadland. Mm. Mm. So that that should be interesting. Um, I believe last year was the farewell, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. I think that was the winner last year. <clears throat> but yeah, we are winding down in uh, this little award season. For it for the theaters to be closed and everything, I thought it was a pretty decent season. I thought the films were pretty good that the crop of films that were nominated yeah and i'm excited to see where it goes from here just you know post covid and how they'll address everything yeah all right before we depart where are you streaming for the weekend this weekend i am going to watch something i thought i was going to watch this past weekend and that is concrete cowboy with idris elba and um, a slew of other people so i'm gonna try to knock that out but um yeah other than that uh, not too much i think that's it okay for me um first i got to finish godfather of harlem because mm. that comes back the 18th so i'm gonna try to fit that in everything else but this week um friday uh Amazon Prime's Them debuts. This is the horror anthology series. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Lena Waithe and Little Walter. Um, I'm going to give it a chance. It, it looked interesting. So, yeah. I, I think people jumped on it because of Lena yeah. Waithe's connection. But, yeah, they definitely did. <laughs> and uh, uh, tomorrow, HBO debuts a four part docuseries called Exterminate All the Brutes. Yeah, I saw that. And this is from director and writer Raul Peck. Um, 
He did I'm Not Your Negro. Yeah. Um, and this docuseries with some like narrative uh, stylings, because I know Josh Hartnett is part of the cast somehow. Um, is based on a book that sort of documents Europe's atrocities across the globe. So how, you know, we've been taught about how Manifest Destiny was like this good thing and colonization helped all these foreigners. It really strips that false uh, narrative away and investigates the true brutality um, why colonization has sort of spread across America, or spread across the, the, the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I just thought that was a definitely uh, interesting topic. And the way yeah. the film is done, there's some, um, like, not, uh, what's the word? Um, not like some re-dramatizations of actual events, but like, They'll have actors sort of depict certain scenes, but there will be a lot yeah. of real footage and stuff like that. So oh, wow. I'm gonna try to check it out. I think the first two parts debut on the seventh. Okay, yeah, I saw the trailer on YouTube when I uh, subscribed to HBO. So um, yeah, it, I think I saw it, watched it, didn't completely understand it, but now having heard this, I think I'll give it a chance. Yeah, it, it seems interesting. All right. Thank you for listening to It's a Strimble Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe, share, and review on your platform of choice. And if you want more, follow us on socials at AS Life Podcasts and visit our website, strimblelife.wordpress.com. Next week, we'll be introducing a new series for the NOT with the premiere episode of HBO's The Nevers from former creator Josh Whedon. And until then, keep on streaming. Peace. This has been It's a Streamable Life, a podcast chronicling life in a peak entertainment era. Listen, share, rate, and subscribe weekly on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get streamable life.